Amen. You may be seated. What a powerful, powerful truth that our hope and our joy is found in Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, if you want the blessing of God on your life, if you want the power of God in, in working through your life, if you want the anointing of God moving in and through you, then, you know, your life has got to be built, I think, on three key and critical characteristics. It's got to be built on humility, integrity, and generosity. Think about those things. Humility and integrity and generosity. These are three things that are so key because what they do is they protect our hearts. They put a barrier between us and I think the greatest pitfalls that man seems to fall into and has fallen into from the garden. You looked at anybody who has fallen in the area morally or financially or spiritually, you look back, they've probably compromised in one or more of these three areas of integrity and humility and and generosity. And three profound things, I've written these on the board in my office just to kind of remind myself on a daily basis, like what really matters for me as a man, as a father, as a husband, and as your pastor that these are the three things that really are the bedrock for a life of significance. Three things that to build in and to, and to make a part of our very heart and soul and who we are. And I've been thinking a lot about these this last week, knowing I'd be sharing them with you today. And so just this last weekend here, I was, I'm in Home Depot, picking up some stuff, getting a little yard work done while I still can. And I've got most of it piled up on, this, on the cart this way. And I roll it up. And the gal comes by and she scans in all the items and thanks me. Says how great, and I realized she hasn't bothered to go around the cart because hidden behind all the stacks of things were a bunch of other items, and that was the items that actually were the most expensive. But she's thanked me and moved me on, and I'm getting ready to roll out, and now you're stuck with a moment of decision. You see, I think most moral failures happen at Home Depot long before they ever happen at the workplace or at home. So these issues come, so here's the question, what's the cost of your integrity, right? Is it $5, is it $20, is it $50, is it $300? What's the cost? Humility of integrity and generosity. Today in our time, I want to focus on that third characteristic, because maybe one we don't think about as much, but really does protect our hearts, and that's this issue of generosity, And over the next two weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about that in our own hearts. And I think you're going to be so encouraged as part of Lex City about things in the area of generosity that our church is able to do here in our community and the way that we're doing some things around the world that's going to be amazing. And to top it all off today, in a spirit of generosity, uh, at the end of our service, I have a little gift for you on on behalf of our church family. So don't leave early. Don't change the channel. Uh, You want to stay to the end because it will be fine. It will be so worth it as we go. But we want to talk about this idea of generosity. The, The concept is simple. But the application of it is so difficult, right? It it takes discipline, it it takes desire, it takes dedication. But here's the key for us men and women, listen. If we can grapple with this truth and move it into the very sense of our very fiber of who we are, folks, it will be transformational in your life and it'll be transformational in the lives of your children. If you're in your 20s and 30s, can I just say to you as an old man, I wish... I heard this truth, but it never went past my head to my heart in the way that I think I wish it would have. 
would have changed and transformed years of my life. And so today, that's my hope for you. So we jump into this. I was debating when I knew this topic, I wanted to talk about it this year. And I've been debating when to talk about it throughout the year. And it seems like we've had a fair amount of things happening in 2020. And it kept getting pushed to the back burner. Um, But I thought even now, you know, because COVID has impacted all of us in different ways, uh, especially in these areas of our finances. For some, it's been devastating. For some, it's actually been a a strong year in different ways. But I think the one thing we all have in common, it certainly has put into us a season of unrest, especially in the areas of our finances. So this last week, I'm reading in the book of 2 Corinthians, and I come across this section that struck me again as Paul was teaching. It struck me again about the spirit of generosity. It reminded me again of this whole issue of generosity. This is a heart issue, and it's not actually a resource issue. In fact... Generosity many times can be learned best in times of struggle and in seasons of uncertainty. So I thought, wow, 2020 is probably the most fertile time to talk about these things if we learn the lessons best that way. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, if you would, turn me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you've got your phones, you can go to lexcity.info. Again, we have all of the sermon notes that are there. Again, want to welcome uh, those of you that are watching online with us this morning, pull up your blanket, get ready. It's going to be a great morning together. And for you heroes who brave the wind, awesome. So glad you're here. Uh, it's going to be a good morning together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the Apostle Paul, is, he's, sharing in, he's sharing with a, a real heart of gratitude, affirming the church in Macedonia, thanking them for their generous support of him and his ministry, because Paul knows that this little church is in a time of struggle, in a time of uncertainty, and yet in the midst of those circumstances, their generosity is so true. So here's what he affirms. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, starting verse 1. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed into rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. And Paul, again, is so thankful for this church. And the churches in Macedonia and the believers that have supported him. And again, what had moved Paul to emotional sense was was the level of their generosity while they themselves were struggling. Again, the the churches in in this time were in a point of economic We'd really say at a point of poverty in which they are living at. Persecution coming against the church. And these things typically are two things that don't lead to generosity, right? Economic struggles, persecution tend to make us more inward focused. But Paul says, boy, this is what's so amazing. And I believe this is why this account is is recorded in Scripture. To remind us again of this important thing. That our generosity, the spirit of generosity, that it flows out of our passions and our convictions and not simply our circumstances. It's a decision, right? It's a decision that we make in aligning our lives with our values. So if you're not generous with $100, you won't be generous with $500. And you won't be generous with a million dollars. See, more money doesn't make you more generous. We're going to see today that godliness makes you more generous. Proverbs 21 says it this way, some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. And I love that, that the godly love, there's a joy and a passion in a, in a, 
just a, a joyful spirit that comes out of that, out of giving. And so along those lines, that's why I've entitled this these, last, these next two weeks, The Journey and the Joy of Generosity, because there is a joy. Tammy and I, this last week, so like many of you, we sponsor three compassion kids. And this last week, we got to... Uh, send away their Christmas gifts, and two of them have birthdays in this month, so we got to do birthday gifts, and uh, we added on some family gifts, and it was awesome. It was a good chunk of change, but it was wonderful. And it blessed our hearts to know this. Listen, it's so great to be a blessing to others because we've been blessed, and to know that we're impacting kids who are living in poverty around the world created such joy in our lives, and we're so thankful to be able to do that. And many of you know exactly what that feeling is like, right? As a church in Guatemala, we sponsor over 200 kids in one village, and we're so excited. Next Sunday, you're not going to want to miss it. Next Sunday, we're going to share with you some exciting developments and opportunities that we're having with that partnership with our village in Guatemala. But I think as we think about generosity, listen, we all would say, I would love, I want to be generous, right? We would all agree with John Wesley's great quote that simply says, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. See, the issue with generosity is never a desire issue. We never say, listen, I just want to be selfish, self-absorbed with my resources. I want to just take care of me. We would never say this at least out loud. Um, I see the need but I really have some things that I really want and really desire, and so I'm gonna take care of those things first. That's not the case. I think we all would agree today that we'd love our lives to be characterized by this idea and the thought of generosity. And as I look around this morning, some of you are so, so good at this. It's a gift and a blessing, and as I look at your life, I would say it is characterized by generosity of, of who you are. But you know, when I look at people who have a life that's characterized by generosity, I see a couple things about how they consistently and intentionally have given towards those things. And two things that seem to always be true. They have a plan and they have a method in which they do that. There's a thought process behind it. It's, It's not an emotional response, people who live out of a life of generosity, right? It's not like I see a a really moving picture and there's some sappy music behind and then I'm just moved in that moment and then I don't think about it till the next time that I move towards those things. What I see for people who have an intentional, consistent life of generosity is it's not an emotional movement, it's something within their soul that's stirred. And they see it as a stewardship of what God has entrusted them to do. It's meaningful and it's significant and what I love about it, it's joyful. So let me today, all right, if I can... Let me just give you three keys I, I think that are so true to move a life towards a characteristic uh, of generosity in our lives over and over. And here is the way, the way that we can find joy in this journey. Number one is this, generosity follows obedience. Number two, generosity has a plan. And number three, generosity honors God. Let's start with that first one. That generosity follows obedience. Important distinction between the two, between obedience and, and, and generosity, right? Obedience is the first fruit we give back to the Lord because that's what he asked us to do. We return it to the Lord in the storehouse. Generosity is what we do above and beyond our obedience. Let me just give you the principle. Deuteronomy chapter 14. You must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year. Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. 
and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn males of your flocks and herds. Do this, and it will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. I love that. It says this idea, if, you hear, if you've been around church and you've heard that idea of first fruits, that's this idea. We give to the Lord first out of our labors, first out of our crops, first out of our blessings. And the Bible says if we will do that, then an amazing thing happens. It grows your faith and it grows your trust in the Lord. This concept of first fruit, let me just spend just a moment there because it's so important. It really is the thing that stretches and grows your faith muscle. The opposite of that, think about that. The opposite says this, listen, I take care, I pay off everything that I need to be paying off. Uh, I take care of all the wants and things that I need. And then whatever is left over after that, then I'll just give that back to the Lord. That's not faith stretching, that's just emotionally giving things back. It's just token back to the Lord. God says, let me tell you the difference. The difference on first fruit is this. When you give it to me at the start, and then trust me to meet all your needs after that, then you get a chance for God to show up and God to grow your faith in a powerful way. See the difference? The difference just says, God says, I want you to trust me on the front end and then watch me move in all these others. That's why, again, we talk about here an awful lot about just being consistent percentage givers back to the Lord. And the beauty of that is simply this. Whether you make $100 or $500, you give a percentage back to the Lord. Whether you're prospering or struggling in the midst of this COVID season, the percentage remains the same, right? Why? Because the Lord's the one that determines our increase and determines our decrease, and we're just obedient with the percentage. Now think about that. That is so freeing. It takes all the pressure out of it when it comes to that. The Lord's the one that handles the increase, and the Lord's the one that handles the decrease. For our family, our COVID season has been probably like many of yours. Early on, Tammy's job was eliminated. Uh, God's been great. Provided a wonderful job last week and we're off and going. So our numbers have fluctuated throughout this season, but the percentage remains the same. It's so freeing along those ways. And so for us, it's an easy way, right? Every month for us, we do the online giving. Comes the first thing out of our paycheck. It's easy, but for me, it's really meaningful that way. And it just is a wonderful way to be obedient and bless the Lord as it, with that. Listen, the same has been true for you all. Uh, I just want to take part of today and just thank you. It's been due to your faithful, consistent giving as a church family that we're rolling towards the end of this year and we're financially healthy. And that's just a blessing for you. I want to thank again so many of you. Again, we'll have over thousands some that I watched this morning online. And many of you haven't been back since the start of this and yet you've just remained faithful, connected to our church and faithful in your giving. It's made such a difference. Thank you. What's been really cool is we have folks that are joining us from literally all around the country who maybe have never even stepped foot in this building and have partnered with us and are contributing back to the, the ministries of this church. And so all of that, I just, I just want to thank you and encourage you in your faithfulness area. You can pray for that. I'll tell you, as your pastor, that's just one less stressor. You know what I mean? It's just fun to be able to go about the ministry that God's called us to do and just trust his people as we're being faithful. And so I just want to say thank you. It's been such a, a, a blessing. That God's provision has been coming through you and there's been power in that. Can I remind you too that it is God who provides though. That he is the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So if God is the source 
right, of our income and our blessings on there. And he's laid out a plan for how he wants to provide for us and to bless us. Then isn't the key for us just to figure out the plan and to follow God's plan? I mean, if he's the source of this, Proverbs chapter three, verse nine says, or chapter nine says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then here's a wonderful part. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Here's the powerful truth. If you're struggling right now and finances are a stressor in your life and it's one of the biggest tensions in your marriage and you just feel like you can't get ahead of it, can I just encourage you, can I just go back and just start with obedience? To just start with obedience. So many times when we are struggling in this area, we, we want to quickly control it, right? We want to be the source, we want to solve this ourselves, and we become the source of our own deliverance. Now, let's be honest. Most of the time, we're the source of the problem that got us here in the first place. At least that's been my story at different times. It's been my own foolishness and stupidity that's created the tension. I mean, somehow we want to think like we can be the ones that get us out. Can I just encourage you, man, go back to just being obedient, Take that Malachi chapter three principle where God simply says this, put me to the test. Here's what God's saying. It's one place in the Bible he says, put me to the test. He says, if you'll just do it my way, if you'll follow the plan that I've laid out, see if it doesn't change everything. So today, I'm just a moment here, I wanna help you and be helpful and give you a plan to do that. We see that in 2 Corinthians, going back there, chapter eight, verses four. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift of for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Verse six, so we had urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Here's the second part, that generosity has a plan. And what I love about the plan is that the plan helps us move from an emotional desire to a tangible outcome, right? Most of us have had the desire, and we've wanted to do this. We just haven't had a plan that's moved us to that tangible sense of, a, of an outcome. Most of us, the struggle, again, isn't in the want to, it's in the how to. Most of us will hear today, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'd like to grow in that area. But the challenge is, what will we do once we walk out of this building? Or once you turn off your TV, what are going to be the action steps that come with this? As a church, here's part of our plan. As a church, we've partnered with Dave Ramsey Ministries for years. And we've taken tons of our folks through things like Financial Peace University. And the beauty of the Ramsey Ministry is it helps us move from areas of obedience into actually areas of generosity that come through that. And it's been an exciting partnership. And we've seen lives changed, we've seen families restored, we've seen generational sin and failures and struggles in this area broken. And today I just wanna encourage you with just one of those stories of our friend Anujan and how she has experienced freedom and generosity through these principles. Let's watch together. My name is Anujan. Um, I've been going to Lex City for a little over a year. My FPU journey um, started at a small class um, and it was actually through a friend who had told me, hey, like, this is a good starting point for you. I was fresh out of college, 
sticking to the ramen noodles, um, <laughs> just trying to figure out my way in life. Um, and I would say I didn't know it at the time, but there's definitely some generational sin with how my parents had handled finances. And I just came to a crossroads where I was like, I know what I believe in the Lord and what does he say about my finances? Um, so I really wanted to dig into that. And so I joined a class um, from a referral from a friend and he actually gave me the book. Um, and so I took his class and it was about 12 weeks um, of just eye-opening things um, about what the Lord says about finances. And it was so contradictory to what the church says, which there's a stigma about, don't talk about finances, or you know, your parents are gonna teach you the right things, which is not always true. Um, and just to kind of see the light and day of what the Lord says about it. And really kind of grew into that. And then I started leading FPU because I thought this is something that can change other people's lives and break generational sin. That's kind of where like the fruit of FPU kind of um, started growing where I saw other people saying, hey, this is um, something that I can learn and grow and teach my kids. And it just kind of like blew up from there. And to see not only like myself learning and growing in the Lord in that way, but to see other people break generational sin and grow in their spiritual walk through finances, incredible. The only time that the Lord asks us to test him is in our finances. He says, test me in this and see that I won't open the floodgates of heaven for you. Um, and for the Lord to give us permission to test him in that kind of way speaks to volumes to his character and us being able to trust him and saying, here's my small mustard seed of faith. I'm going to trust you. Um, and I think it's huge for the Lord to even challenge us in that way because in the end, like, he is our Father. He is our Lord. He knows what's best and good for us. And like we as his children should be able to trust in him, know that he has good things in store for us. Amen. And I love her statement of this, you know, generational things that she's breaking. This amazing young woman of God who's just a gifted leader within our community. It's been transformational for her. And uh, that's what I want for you. It's what I want for me and my family and my family and my generations to come to experience that kind of joy and freedom. So here's the good part. That's kind of like Christmas. I have a gift I want to share with you, and I've been anxious to do that. So I finally got to the point I could share it with you on this. So Dave Ramsey Ministry has moved into kind of a new program, a more holistic program dealing with all these areas of finances, and it's entitled Ramsey Plus. And let me just tell you a little bit of some things that they've added. Ramsey Plus gives us access to all of the teaching materials, including Financial Peace University. If you've never been through it, fantastic way to do that. Uh, but they've given us some really practical apps that are adding it. The Every Dollar app, if you're familiar with that, that one has been out a while. It tracks your budget, everyone. Now, here's the great part. So if you're like me, because I want to become generous, but I was too cheap, so I just got the trial version, you know, way back when, and you had to input anything. This one's the full version. It does it automatic. It's pretty exciting. So that one's going to be there. Uh, it's got a Baby Step app. If you're not familiar with that, you'll learn some of these terms, but baby steps to help you towards um, becoming debt-free. The app helps you track it. It's pretty slick. There's a debt snowball calculator, and you even have access to a, uh, a coach that you can call and just get some help and some encouragement. Now listen, these are some amazing resources, and I just want to say to you, because you have been so faithful to a church and just your giving and support. Uh, we as a church family get to bless you back with your blessings towards us. And so here's the deal. We have all this to be able to offer to you absolutely free. The entire Ramsey Plus program, which we're excited. And so at the end of the service, 
We want to tell you about how each family can gain access to this and be a part of kind of finding some freedom and some hope along those. And what makes this so exciting to me, listen, if you'll leverage these resources, if you'll work the plan a little bit, it will produce in your life not only freedom, but I think prosperity, and in that prosperity comes generosity that comes to that. So the average person, here's just a quick little statistics. The average person that follows the plan and the game plan in 90 days, the average person will pay off $5,300 in debt and will save $2,700 towards their emergency. It's an $8,000 swing in 90 days if you'll just run the plan. So again, we want to help bless you with that and do that because generosity comes from a plan. It's more than just a want to. It's a how to do it, and that's going to be a great one. Let me give you the third one and the final one that I love. is generosity honors God because here's the end result. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul continues. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. Two things are going to happen. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with a deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. It's a gift. It's a joy of generosity. And the goal of generosity at the very end is what? That it honors God in, in what we do. It's not to na- make a name for yourself. It's not to make a name for our church. It's not to feel like, oh, I'm just taking care of people. I feel more superior. Oh, I'm just benevolent in what we do. That's not the goal at all. Listen, the goal is that our selfless acts point to a selfless God. That our generosity leads people to a generous God. A generosity that follows obedience. A generosity that has a plan and a generosity who the end goal is to bring honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want to close our time today in this. Just a moment, I want to just give you a few just moments of quiet with just you and the Lord to maybe just ask God, what do I need to think about in this area? And then Pastor Zach's going to come up and we want to tell you how you're going to be able to access this amazing resource called Ramsey Plus as we do. But would you bow your heads with me this morning? Integrity and humility and generosity. They guard our hearts from selfishness. They guard our hearts from being me-focused first. They they turn our hearts to a God who is the God who provides. keeps us humble in the things that we do and so the question for you this morning is what is maybe God speaking to your heart on the area of generosity is he saying hey first we need to let's work with this obedience part let's work with the trust let's work with the first fruit let's start there He's saying, listen, you're doing that. You're covering the basics. I want to move you to a greater life of significance and influence. Or maybe today the Lord just wants to 
pat you on the shoulder and say, man, you're doing so well. So Father, today there's nothing that we have that you have not given to us. And all that we have and all that we belong belongs to you. It was bought with the blood of your special and your one and only son, Jesus. Father, we confess that to spend selfishly, to give without sacrifice, it's just, the, Lord, it's the way of the world. But generosity is the way of those who call you Christ and Savior. So, Lord, help us to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person amongst us. Help us to be trustworthy in such little things as money that you may trust in us the true riches of life. Father, and above all, help us to be generous because you, our Father, are generous. And may our generosity lead people to a generous God. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Brian. What a great message today. And um, obviously, like God's, there's, there's God's part and our part in this. And God's part is obviously to change our heart and to, to allow us to help us to be obedient, to be generous, those kind of pieces. But there's a tangible piece to this as well. And so like Brian mentioned, we, we purchased a site license uh, called Ramsey Plus, and it's for several hundred families in our church. And so whether you're here in person or watching online, this is for you. And I just want to encourage you guys, you can go to lexity.info, where we kind of send you guys for everything that we do at our church. And it says right there, Dave Ramsey Plus, and you can click on the Learn More button right there. And as soon as you fill out some quick information, just uh, really just your name and, and email, um, that'll get sent to us. And then this coming week in the next couple of days, we are going to send you out um, basically uh, a, a site license deal there. And so it kind of has three parts to it. Brian mentioned these before, but one of them is you kind of learn through, through Financial Peace University. Nearly six million people have used this. And, uh, and gotten out of debt and, and, and kind of changed their financial their future and their financial freedom and those kind of pieces. The next one is you're going to budget through the Every Dollar app, which is an amazing app. I have it on my phone. It's so great. You just kind of import everything that you want um, from an income standpoint, from a from a outgoing expenses standpoint. It kind of helps you track them and it keeps track right through your bank account there as well. And then and the last one is the tracking piece of the baby steps. There's seven baby steps. You can kind of see where you're at on those steps and and it's okay if you're on step one, that's great. Uh, and I just want to encourage you guys, wherever you're at, we just, as a church family, we don't want you to stay in that place. Um, we want you to have a place where you can find freedom and then you can find margin um, in your life, in your financial freedom as well. And so go to legacy.info, click on that right there. We'll have a dashboard every week that we'll kind of see um, all the, the people are coming through and that God's doing stuff with that. It's going to be an incredible thing just as a church to kind of get through. And this is our investment as a church. And you guys, our staff is currently already doing this um, right now. And so we're kind of the guinea pigs with you guys. And so we're excited to be a part of this. And so I encourage you guys to go to Lexi.info, click on that, get signed up for that. And um, next week, be back next week. We're going to be talking about what we're doing internationally as a church uh, this next year and some great plans. We have Guatemala, like Brian mentioned before. It's going to be an awesome time together. And so thank you guys so much for being here today. Thanks so much for attending online as well. Thank you guys for bearing the wind today. And uh, make sure you guys um, just greet each other as you kind of exit today. We'll see you guys all next week. Have an awesome week. We'll see you soon. Thanks a lot.